Are you kidding me? Out of the gate? This is not happening! By the way, what title would you like? Mary Poppins, practically perfect in every way. I ain't like a pig! Hoover, you are a pig. Oh. I almost forgot. That's why they call me Thumper. You're listening to the Magic on a Dollar podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Magic on a Dollar podcast. My name is David Dollar. I am the dollar in Magic on a Dollar. I am your favorite Disney travel planner. And right off the top here, I want to tell you that if you want to go on a Disney World trip, Disneyland trip, maybe Adventures by Disney, how about a Disney cruise or even Alani in Hawaii, or you're thinking, I don't want Disney. I want my thrills on roller coasters at Universal. Universal Orlando, I got you, boo. I got you. SeaWorld, Legoland, I can help you there, too. What about Royal Caribbean? You know what? I'm sticking my toe in the Royal Caribbean waters and sticking my, my toe in the beautiful sandy beaches of Sandals waters as well. I'm happy to help. Give me a call. Give me an email. Magicalnadollar at gmail.com. I can, I can help you out. I really, really can. And, of course, they have just released. Disney has some new uh, discounts coming out for January, February, and March. A couple of them have been been really good, actually, and I know that I've gotten on here before, and I've talked about the discounts, and I've kind of lamented that, uh, and a lot of travel agents for Disney will say this, that, uh, you know, they release these great discounts, and they announce these discounts, hey, guess what, save all this money, and then you get online, and there's nothing there. I mean, it is what happens, they fill up really fast, and Disney is a business, they're going to try to fill up resorts where they can, and, you know, they don't have, they, there's no obligation for them to say, hey, supplies limited, we've only got seven rooms at Caribbean Beach that are under discount, oh, they're all gone. There's more than seven rooms under discount, but traditionally, it's been one of those, they, they go pretty fast. This time around, however, not so much. They actually, I was actually able to save a lot of money for clients. I saved up to, uh, I saved around $5,600 for a series of clients going in January through March, up to $2,700 for one family. I saved another 500 for another family, several, 450 460 470 you know, and then there's a bunch of little $150, well, $200, that kind of thing. So I was able to email my clients and my, my families to say, hey, guess what? I know you're just waking up and it's six in the morning, but I was able to save you you know, a whole lot of money on your trip. And I love sending those kind of emails, even though it does actually mean I make a little less money. You know what? That's kind of all right, because I'm trying to build some brand loyalty here. And if, hey, if if I'm coming to you for something and you save me $300, then I'm going to keep coming back to you until you're telling me that I shouldn't. Because, uh, you know, that's what it's all about. It's all about uh, making relationships and building businesses. And that's what I do. dollar at gmail.com. You can send me an email and I will be happy to help. Okay, so now that the sales plug is over, let's get now to uh, to to the show. We've got some great stuff coming up. One of the most talented people I might have ever met in my life, Katrina May Stone. She is an uh, she's a singer. She's a lyricist. She's a songwriter. She is a musician. She is a mom. She's a wife. She's a really really cool chick. She's coming up a little bit later on because she's also a lover of Disney. She'll be talking about California Adventure. We'll continue our series on the good, the bad, and the magical as we hit every park in the United States. We just have Hollywood Studios to go, and we'll get to that pretty soon. But All right, so let's get over to some news. How about that? Well, howdy, folks. Let's gather around. Here's some Disney news from around these parts and around the world. And, of course, if you were anywhere around social media on Saturday night into Sunday, you will have heard that the gondolas had an accident. We're, of course, talking about the Skyway system that just opened up on September 29th. That's right, about nine or ten days ago before all this happened. Uh, What basically happened was a gondola came down into a station. The line between Caribbean Beach and Epcot came down into a station, and it stopped. Because the length between the two gondolas uh, is not a huge amount of space, 
Three gondolas crashed into it, one after the other, one, two, three. Now, let me go ahead and stop here and tell you that there were no serious injuries. Uh, there were no, actually, no broken bones, no no whiplash, no sprained necks, anything like that. There were a few people that were taken to the hospital, I think mostly for uh, for precautionary measures. I think there may be a panic attack here or there, um, but, uh, but there was nothing major going on there. And, of course, if you're hearing this and you were in a gondola, you're thinking to yourself, it was a major deal for me because people were stuck for three hours. Now, you're talking about people that were 60 feet in the air, so it's not as if, you know, they can, it's like the monorail. You can't just open up the door and slip on out like you could a bus or something. They're 60 feet up in the air. They have nowhere to go. They're just there. Some of the people were up there for up to three hours. You're talking kids. You're talking adults. And I, and I got to tell you, my wife and I have had this discussion. You know, we have a seven-year-old who's a special needs. Who's a, he's, he's ASD on the spectrum. So, you know, you put him in the air for uh, for, for three hours, he loses his mind. So I, I cannot imagine that. I, I just can't. Um, it came to light that there were emergency kits in each of the gondolas. You open it up. There's like little pouches of water. There are bathroom bags. Take that for what it's worth. There's glow sticks. I think there's uh, like some notepads, some other little things in there that help people out. Um, maybe it's probably some first aid stuff as well to kind of help people out in those emergency kits. So they're all in there. And uh, once the blockage was cleared, the line was actually restarted. And guests, there were some guests, and you saw the dramatic photos online of these rescues and everything. And there was one photo going online where it looked like guests, guests were being ziplined down. That photo is false. That actually is something that happened over the summer when they were testing. They were doing tests on the gondolas, and those were like trained professionals doing that zipline stuff. So don't believe that photo. Uh, but there were cherry pickers that were up and pulling people down one at a time. And, you know, I heard they were kind of doing some of that over the water. But for the most part, most of the gondolas came into the station and people just climbed off once they got the thing going again. That's why it took so long, and that's why a lot of people were stranded that long because they had to get it going again. The collision did happen at a very low speed. One of the one of the gondolas malfunctioned. Did it jam up for some reason or whatever? I don't know. That's why they crashed into each other. It's almost like if you're at a red light, you have a car that's supposed to go and stopped. You have three other cars behind it that are not stopping and just boom, 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 crash run one into it, run one after the other. So that's what happened. Now, it's it's being investigated. The gondolas are up and running right now in terms of being uh, being tested. Disney has come out and said that they will be testing these things until they are positive that they will run correctly. Here's what they said, the statement they released. We have a team diligently looking into the cause of the malfunction on the Epcot line of the Disney Skyliner. We've been in contact with the guests, many of who were on the Skyliner for more than three hours until we were able, able to restart the system. We express our sincere apologies for the inconvenience and continue to work with each guest individually. Now, at the beginning, they called it an unexpected downtime, and now they're calling it a malfunction of the actual attraction itself for the actual ride itself and the ride will remain till further notice remain closed until further notice let me just say this for all its faults and for all the things that disney should or should not do about this gondolas safety is their number one concern now part of that probably is they don't want to get sued so they want to make sure they take every precaution but i truly and fully believe they want every guest to have the safest experiences possible which is why they close it, you know, when a hurricane's coming, when it's not really even coming, and projections are that it's not going to even come near them, they close the parks for a hurricane because they want everybody to be safe. Safety is a number one concern all across the board. They, I think they will put, you know, they'll put safety over money, and we know how big money is to Disney from all the prices going up and everything, but safety is a big, big deal. So do not think for a second that they're going to open up these gondolas unless they are 1,000% sure that everything works correctly. Now, will this happen again? Probably. You're talking over the course of this. Let's just say this goes on for five years and nothing major happens again. Millions of people going across thousands and thousands of miles combined over over the Disney Skyliner. 
something will malfunction. It will happen again. We're praying and hoping that nothing drastic happens, but it's like going on a monorail. It's like going on a bus. Bus accidents happen. Hundreds of buses every day take guests, thousands of guests across the parks, and you only hear about a random every now and then a bus will you know hit a car or a bus will hit another bus for whatever reason. Uh, monorails, thousands, tens of thousands, maybe a hundred thousand people you know daily, weekly are taken on monorails, and we every now and then we'll hear about a monorail that will stop. You know, for I never I've never even heard one stopping for three hours, but you know we've heard of people being evacuated from monorails using those cherry pickers and whatever, but we only hear about that every now and then. Same thing with the gondolas. It's going to be safe. I'm going to ride them. I really, really am. I'm going to ride them. Uh, you know, so, But if you're afraid of getting stuck on there, let me just tell you, the monorails do not have emergency kits on there. Um, and they actually kind of smell funny. So you're stuck maybe in a – it's a bigger space, but probably stuck with more people. And so, so don't be afraid to ride the gondolas. If you were going to ride the gondolas now you're afraid to – that's okay. That's up to you. It's continually, it's, it's whatever you want to do. You all want you to feel safe and comfortable, but I don't want you to think the gondolas are suddenly unsafe. If and when they open them again, it will be safe. It will be as safe as Disney can possibly make them anyway. Um, and I'll tell you this too. If, if they open them up again and an accident happens within the first week or two, they'll just probably close them. And they'll just they'll write off the whatever however many fifty million dollars or ten or a hundred million however long however much money it took to build them, they'll just close them because you know they can't risk it. But I think it's going to be okay. I really think it's going to be okay. So let's now go over to something a little happier. How about you could be our guest over at the brand new Enchanted Rose Lounge. It's over in the Grand Floridian, and it, it features four unique spaces inspired by the 2017 live-action Beauty and the Beast film. The signature bar glows from the light of a gold chandelier that takes an inspiration from Belle's flowing ball gown. With subtle nods to the Beast's magical rose, I am reading this from, from Theme Park Tourist. In another room, guests will find a space that recalls the iconic library from the film with classic Baroque designs and French furnishings inspired by Belle with hints of the Beast's friends. And another character-inspired space inside this expanded lounge will be the Guard Room, which will be a whimsical space that draws inspiration from the enchanted forest around the castle. And finally, there will be an outdoor patio that will invoke the romance of Beast's Guardian Terrace. This is all at the Enchanted Rose Lounge, which takes the place of uh, Meisner's, I think the name of the place was. Uh, that's where it was. Uh, that's what was there before, but it is now open over at the Grand Floridian. And that's really all the kind of big news we have. The gondola is really what kind of took up most of the news uh, over the last couple of days since the last show we put out. And, uh, you know, of course, the discounts that came out, I mentioned at the top of the show. Now, let's talk a little bit about Disneyland over at uh, California Adventure. One of my good friends is coming on, and uh, she is part of a duo uh, with another guy named Ben Hurd, B-E-N-J. H-E-A-R-D, Bench Hurt, and they're a part of the group called The Likes of Us. Likes of Us is a duo that's kind of a, I don't want to say rockabilly, but it's almost like a a postmodern jukebox uh, mixed with a little Lady Annabellum with a little soul and blues and things like that. I've often compared it to, um, to Binge. It's kind of a Michael Buble with an edge kind of thing. Katrina is, is, reminds me of a postmodern jukebox. She has that very bluesy, soulful sound. Uh, they're, they're incredible musicians. They're amazing musicians. I've seen both of them live a couple of times. They're just so good at what they do. They're so creative. Uh, their music is fantastic. You can, I'll, I actually will put links to their website on my website, Magic on a dollar.com you can get it there and you can click the links and stuff and go check out their music on apple podcasts and on uh, on on apple music and on other places kind of listen to them go to their website and such uh katrina has a new album out we'll talk about that for a few minutes 
before we get into California Adventure. Also, let me just say, add one more thing. They're the nicest people you'll ever meet. Uh, I hung out with them and a few other people on basically what I equate to a, to a pub crawl at Disney Springs in May. So I got to talk to both of them. I got to talk to both of them extensively about certain things. Had long conversations with both of them about, about different things. They're just great, great people. They are not together. Katrina is married uh, with a with a child, and uh, uh, Binge is I don't know what Binge is doing, but uh, you know they're not together. They're just really really good friends, like a brother sister relationship. I kind of liken it to the Civil Wars, the band the Civil Wars, except without the drama. Kind of what I think about them, uh, but they, it works really well, and they are really really great together. So let's go ahead and talk to Katrina, and we'll see what she has to say about California Adventure. We'll talk about the rides, the attractions, the magic. The good, the bad, and the magical. A little bit of musical stuff as well, and I'll have a treat for you at the end of the show. I'll see you on the other side of this interview. So on the podcast, I love having friends on. I love having guests on. I love having quasi-celebrities on. And in my mind, the next guest is a quasi-celebrity because she's amazing. Um, her She's got a ton of stuff on Apple Podcasts and, and music available on her website and things like that, like tons of EPs. I would spend a fortune trying to get it all. I've gotten some of it. Maybe one day I'll get the whole collection. But uh, we're talking, of course, to Katrina Stone over in California. Hi, Katrina. Hi. How are you this morning? I am good. It's bright and early here, but I love it. Yeah, well, it's good nice because, yeah, it's it's like mid-morning here. And, of course, I was like, yeah, well, for us to do this podcast, you're going to have to do it at like 8 in the morning. And that's okay. Let's do it. That's awesome. So. <laughs> <laughs> Until about 7 this morning, then I was like, this was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we'll get to the we'll get halfway through the interview. You'll be thinking, this is a mistake. Why did I do this? No. <laughs> but, uh, no, I know Katrina from The Thing a Conference. We've met a couple of times, and we've stayed in touch here and there. And uh, she and her writing partner, her musical partner, Binge Heard, uh, they, they formed the band The Likes of Us, which – you guys have a ton of music. We were talking about that a few minutes ago. A ton of music on on iTunes, um, and I keep going to iTunes because that's where I know. But I'm sure it's available in lots of places. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, and he's to me, Benji's got Benji's got kind of a almost like a Michael Bublé poppy sound to it, but not really. When I think pop, I don't want to like like you know, he's like like a pop star or something. But he does have a. That's what I heard thought this morning when I listened to some of his music. It was almost like a Michael Bublé kind of sound, mm-hmm. except a little, slight little more edge to it, um, you know. And then, of course, you've got the soulful sound as well. You've got a new album out, uh, Psalms of the Outcast Saints, which is a gospel album, by the way. Gospel I download, roots. I it's downloaded it for the first time this morning, and I have not listened <laughs> to it yet. I'm really excited about it, and I apologize for not getting it earlier. It was released in August, <laughs> but, you know, I've got, uh, I've got a handful of Benji's records. I've got a handful of your stuff. I've got a handful of the likes of us. So I'm covered when it comes to you guys and your talents. Um, so before we get to the Disney stuff a little bit, uh, can you – Gospel. I know why did you choose to do gospel? Because before yours was more of a soulful, bluesy kind of, you know, rock star sound. And you decided <laughs> to do like a gospel roots album. Why? Why? Why, why, do, why go that direction? Well, I had done Christian music about a decade ago. I actually pursued it wholeheartedly and really thought that that's what I wanted to do. And then was talking to a, a Christian record label and just walked away from it entirely. The Christian music, not faith. Right. <laughs> and then I went into pop music because there's there's a living. You can make a living in pop yeah. music. It's right. a lot harder in Christian music. But it's been on my bucket list to get nominated for a Grammy. And when I saw that category on there, it's only existed about five years. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, I can totally do this. And so Benj and I teamed up and we actually made that record in a month. That's the whole awesome. record. We've got to yeah. get you. We've got to get you a Grammy nomination, so that way I can say, "Here is Grammy-nominated artist <laughs> Katrina Stone." <laughs> We're working on it. It's submitted, and 
everyone's voting right now for the mm -hmm. nominations. And so we... And you've got your Grammy nomination. You got your Grammy voting, don't you? Don't you get to vote mm -hmm. now on the Grammy? Benjamin and I both got them. I saw that, your little card and everything. And I'm like, that's so impressive. <laughs> so it cool. took a few years. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things that I have, I have a deep respect for things that I cannot do. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. I, there's a lot of things that if I really try, I could probably juggle really, really well if I really put some time into it. And I could probably do oh. certain things. If I just really play, got into it, I could probably play drums or guitar or whatever. If I really just gave the years to it, I cannot do what you guys do in terms of singing, terms of production. I can't do that. And that's, so I have a deep respect for what you guys oh. do. And I've, I've seen you guys play and, and I'll speak to you in particular because you're my, my guest. You know, you're amazing. You're an amazing artist. And I love hearing you sing. I love hearing you play. And, um, and I'm going to encourage the entire audience to go and, Go find the stuff and do what I do as a deep dive. You can just hit the little little play buttons on, on iTunes. You can sample like 60 seconds of each song and just kind of go through there. And the latest one before this was called Rose and Weeds. And there's, a, there's two parts, one and two. And I, I thought about it this morning. I kind of liken it to, to Taylor Swift where she had these great records leading up to what I consider her like her, her culmination, which was 1989. That is my favorite of her records. And it's mm -hmm. like it's a bits and pieces of everything she's done up until then. The stuff she's done since then, it's okay, but I love 1989. I kind of feel like all the stuff you did, you did, was leading up to roses and weeds, and it kind of it's bits and pieces from everything before that. Mm. So, would you would you think that's a fair assessment, maybe, of some of the stuff? Yeah. Okay. The stuff, everything I did before roses and weeds, honestly, was to make a living. Right. I did it for sync, for TV, for uh, trailers and commercials, things like that. And when I wanted to do Roses and Weeds, I was like, I don't even want to think about sync music. I just want to make an album that I love and I want to perform live. So Roses and Weeds part one and two, that's what it turned into. And I realized I had five really more happy, encouraging songs and then five darker songs. So it was yeah. like, well, here's the roses, here's the weeds. Well, and, this, and if this were, say, 1989, you'd have a record album, like an actual LP, where you'd have the light side and the dark side. You'd flip it mm -hmm. over, depending on your mood. And then, <laughs> and then of course, the ultimate, call, the ultimate award, when I called you last year and said, Katrina, can you do an ending for my podcast? And you said, absolutely. And <laughs> I mean, it really, it's been downhill from there. You might as well retire, because I don't know what to do for you, but you know but Nothing yeah so <laughs> katrina is the voice at the very end of the show that uh you know thanks for listening we'll see you real soon <laughs> love that. so we're going to talk about california adventure because you love disney that's why you're mm -hmm. here you are a I disney do. fan uh disney story do you have one when did you fall in love with disney i know your daughter loves disney your family loves mm -hmm. disney talk a little bit about your just kind of where all your disney loves comes from you know it wasn't until i was an adult i i went to disneyland as a kid because i was born in san diego Actually, the Disneyland parking lot, I have my social security card stolen and everything when I was a kid. So huge identity theft for years. <laughs> but so I, I didn't really I didn't really go a lot. I think I went to Disney World in high school for like a senior trip. But it wasn't really until we moved to L.A. and got our our passes. And I was like, this is so much more magical as an adult. For some reason, there was something about like going back to being a kid again and then like getting to experience that with my daughter because we've had passes since she was two you know so right we just go all the time she's a homeschooler so she that's like part of her homeschooling <laughs> it's disney <laughs> well see, and when you come out to when, when you come out to orlando go to epcot that's like world geography that's you know social oh, yeah. studies things like that it's it's perfect it's you can write the whole thing off for homeschooling for taxes pretty I mean, much really. yeah. yeah pretty much <laughs> So we're going to dive into, into, into California Adventure, and what we've done before is Good, Bad, and Magical. We kind of go section by section. We talk about what's good. We talk about the things maybe we would improve, and, mm. and of course, we talk about what the, the, the magical things 
And because, you know, some of the parts of California Adventure are kind of small, we'll kind of combine a few things here and there. But first, let's jump into into Cars Land. Cars Land, where you got Junker Jamboree, Mm. the Rockin' Roadsters, the Radio Springs Racers. Um, You know, we'll put put food in here as well. We've got the Cozy Cone Motel with the the cones and things like that. Uh, So, for me, good. I love I love Mater Junkyard Jamboree. It's such a simple mm. ride. It's a goofy ride. Mater's singing, and it's fun for kids. And of course, my child, my seven year old, loves it because he loves the swinging back and forth and things like that. Yeah. Just it's, you know, I I I lo- I love that. I do. For, I mean, mm-hmm. for you, good. Oh yeah, I love um, I love the cars ride. This is a specific thing. Yeah, they seat three across the front. Like three in every seat. And so you can do the single rider line and it moves really fast. That is my favorite thing in Cars Land is I know I can walk right onto the Cars <laughs> right. Ride just by doing single rider. And you end up being in the same car anyway right. because so many people go in twos and fours that it's like, I just like to go. And you, you can, within 15 minutes, you're like on that ride. And yeah. I, that ride is so crazy. That's happened to me before where the people I'm with, we go to single rider and like, I'm here right behind me as my friend, you know, because we're, yep. in, the same, we're same, in the same car. So for, for bad, I, I got to be honest with you. And I know people love it, but that cone with that chili stuff in it just grosses yeah. me out. I couldn't do Mm-mm. it. I couldn't eat that. You know, I, I, I I've never tried it because I, I look yeah. at it and I'm like, no, I can't. No. Well, and maybe it's one of those things where if I'm at home, and somebody brings me mm. one, and I'm sitting on my couch or my table or whatever. And I can watch the movie and sweatpants and whatever. <laughs> and I eat it, and it's messy, whatever. But I can't imagine walking around in a 91 degree California, Southern mm-hmm. California day, eating this chilly. Really? It's just it's, it's <laughs> no. gross. You have Ew. to go to Flows and get a shake. That's like yes. that's yeah. what does it. That's what's California. The chili. That's weird to me, but I don't even know why they. Yeah, I mean, they could have done so many things. Well, and it's it's a novelty thing, like a turkey leg in, in Disney World, where people mm-hmm. walk around and it's just like, oh, look at me, I'm eating a turkey leg, which to me is also also gross. And I've heard rumors <laughs> that's not even turkey, so I don't know. But that too. But uh, yeah, that's just gross to me. And for magical <laughs> for Cars Land, Cars Land at night is amazing. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's it's a pretty land as you walk through during the daytime and you see the Radio Springs Mountains and you know and everything. But at night, it lights up like the movie because there's that scene in the movie of the movie Cars where you know. Made uh, lightning fixes everything for Sally, mm-hmm. so everything's lit up and everything. And you walk through there, and it's just neons everywhere, and the music is playing, and it's just—it's so cool. Mm-hmm. I love that too. I love that waterfall that just lights up, and I love. There's just something so crazy about it. We were driving through the desert recently, and it's like, oh my gosh, this looks like Cars Land. They did it so well, and you can't see anything beyond the horizon of Cars Land. That at night, you really feel like you're in the desert, like it like you're just off you know route 66 mm-hmm. and you're just hanging out at a gas station like yeah, I, they did that so well i love when disney does that when they put areas of the lands and some of the lands are not completely immersive but like even with cars land you know depending on where you're standing you can see out to the rest of the park but you can also walk through there and there are places where you turn around and 360 degree view is nothing but cars land mm-hmm. and so it is that sense of I'm in Radiator Springs. You know, I'm going to let my yeah. my reality senses go and just enjoy the fact that in my fantasy world, I am now in Radiator Springs fully mm-hmm. and completely, which is really cool. So yeah. Definitely. So looking over at the Buena Vista Street, we'll the, we'll kind of combine Buena Vista and Hollywood Land. Buena Vista, of course, is where you walk in, and I'm not going to go through all the shops that are there, but you've got the shops and you've got Carthay Circle Restaurant and Hollywood Land. Of course, is where the the Disney Junior Dance Party is, which I have not been to, but you may or may not have gone there with your daughter. Uh, Mickey's Philhar Magic is open. The Animation <laughs> Studio is there. Mike and Sully mm-hmm. is there. Um, the Frozen Show, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout is currently a part of that, although it's going to be a part of. Marvel Land or Avengers Campus okay. pretty soon. 
soon. Yeah. So uh, for you, knock it out. What's what, what's good in, in those two areas? Kind of. Oh, the big bubble. So much shopping. First of all, I feel like the better shopping is there. Like for the really fun. Like if you want Disney jewelry or things like that. I also love Carthay Circle. I love that you can go in and while you're waiting for your reservation, you can just sit there and get drinks, and it's yes. so kind of classy. And you have a little lounge there. So. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then yeah. when it's like 90 degrees in California, 100 degrees in California, the Frozen show, it's like 40 minutes long. And you can, you can, I mean, for the grownups, you can take a drink in there. <laughs> right. And you can just sit there and watch this amazing show. And it's air conditioned and it's long and kids love it. And it's like, that's such a good break. Right. Well, I love, I love that. I love the animation area. Um, the Animation mm. Academy, because it is one of those, and, and Disney World has this too, they took it away and they just brought it back, but it's a, it's basically a free souvenir, because you go mm. in and you can draw, draw a character. You know, they have a listing there, draw Simba and mm. Olaf and Goofy and whatever, and an animator comes up and teaches you how to step-by-step draw the character. And it is one of those things of, you know, especially if you have children with you, they get to draw their own too, and you get to draw one. It's kind of fun to look at the whole family's, hot. mine's better than yours, or mine's looks terrible, <laughs> or whatever. Um, my wife and I did this in 2011, and we still have ours. We still have them oh. in, a, in a folder. We both drew Goofy. Mine was better than hers. Um, but, uh, <laughs> oh. but no, it's, it's it, it, like I said, it's part of the experience, and it's a mm. free thing. So it's not as if you're paying an extra $5 to take it home or paying yeah. for a picture or whatever. It's just, it's yours. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that's, I think that's great. Well, anything you would improve on anything you'd kind of look at and go, you know, I really wish this is a little better in that area. Um, I feel like that, that section in Disney world, is it an MGM or, uh, what's it called now? Oh, you mean Hollywood studios? Hollywood studios. Yep. That felt, and I know this is a smaller park that felt right. more immersive in Disney mm-hmm. world. Right. They have like this, the, you know, the skyscrapers and they, that felt way more like, Oh, you're in a city. And it took me a second. The first time I went to California adventure to realize I was in Hollywood. Like it, right. it did kind of take me a second. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's like almost there as far as immersive, you know, it doesn't have like as much of the Disney magic as like main street, but it's, you know, that's kind of what I improve upon. And it's very adult geared, like the restaurants and the mm-hmm. shopping in that section. So, which is, you know, it's great for adults, but that's always the section. My daughter's like, Meh, let's just keep going. <laughs> you know, I think it's for me, it's a little choppy in terms of faming because, <laughs> and I, and I know why they're doing, why they've done this and this will change once Avengers open up, uh, opens up, but I know that you've got the Avengers on part of it and there's Mike mm-hmm. and Sully, which is Pixar thing. And there's the frozen show. And then you've got Turtle mm-hmm. Talk, Turtle Talk with Crow. and like so it's it's a ma- mashup of Pixar and all these properties kind of all mashed together. And I get it that it's Hollywood land, and I know the Avengers will eventually move to the Avengers campus uh, on up the mm-hmm. on up the road there on the alleyway. But to me, it does feel a little choppy, which is why the Guardians is a part of this, which again is kind of weird because you're thinking, yeah. You know, plus, I also don't like the fact that if you go to Guardians, you got to walk all mm-hmm. the way back around to get out <laughs> because you, it's almost like you can see Cars Land right over there but I can't get to it because it's blocked yeah. off. So I got to look all the way around again and come back. To, back yeah. to it. So what it's is magical, confusing. magical for you? Mm. I love shopping and food. I got to <laughs> say, maybe my good and my magical are the same. <laughs> I love that restaurant Carthay circle. I love that place. And I, I'm not trying to be bougie or anything, but I love that place. If okay, I'm we like, like bougie every now and then. Yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, as far as like nice, nice restaurants in all Disney parks, man, that's one of my favorites. And I know it's not like heavily themed to like Disney, Disney, but I love that place. Right. Um, and it, it is kind of nice it, since I live in LA and I'm in Hollywood a lot. It's kind of nice that it's like 
kind of a cartoonized version of like where I live, you know? Right. So it's kind of neat. Right. I like, I, I love Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. I love what they did the, with the ride, but even more so than the ride itself. And the ride is spectacular. So if, audience, if you've never been on it, you need to go. When you go mm-hmm. to Disneyland, make sure you ride this ride. But what is magical is the queue in that ride. There are over 80 Easter eggs in that ride. Everything from the old comics to mm-hmm. Disney history. If you walk in and the theme is that the collector, which is in the Marvel, Marvel movies, has collected the Guardians and you have to help them break out. Well, he's also got tidbits all over the, all over the place he's collected, including Figment is in one of the boxes on, on the roof. And look <laughs> up and you can see a silhouette. You, know, you see other, like, other things in, you know, in, in uh, the glass cases and little things as you go through the queue. You know, you're going through like a warehouse. So there's like machinery piled up everywhere. And there's names listed everywhere, little logos, whatever. It's like I could spend an hour and a half, two hours in just that queue. And if you don't have mm-hmm. a fast pass, you will actually spend an hour or two hours in there. Oh, but yeah. like it's so magical just what they did with that, being able to walk through. And it's like something for, for the Marvel fans, for the Pixar fans, for the Disney history fans. It's all through there. And I think mm-hmm. that is incredible. Um, I think I got pictures of like 20, 25 or something different little Easter eggs. And I know that there's, you know, like I said, I heard that there was 80. There's over 2,000 artifacts in that queue. And there's 80 or 85 Easter eggs specifically pointed to Disney things, which I think oh, is man. incredible. I think it's fantastic. That's amazing. So, Every time I go through that line, I, I'm always trying to look for little glimpses to see if they left Right. Anything from the old ride. I'm mm-hmm. always like, is there a cobweb somewhere that I oh, missed? Oh, I'm sure like- there is. I mean, I, like, I, 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 mean, I want to say that there is. Like, there are nods to the old ride. I can't tell you exactly what they are, uh, but I think that I've heard that there are you know, nods to it or whatever. But, uh, you know, there's, mm-hmm. there's stuff in there that, you know, that has callbacks to old Marvel comics. They're not even represented in the movies, but you'll see a logo or a name of something that seems so innocent and innocuous but if you think about it you're like oh that wasn't you know x-men number 44 back in 1975 that's what you know it's just it's like almost like everything has a purpose in there for something uh which is which is great i just think that's incredible so mm. i love it moving over to grizzly peak and we'll kind of combine that mm. and picks our, our pacific wharf together because it's really not a lot of pacific wharf you got the blue sky cellar the bakery and a bunch of dining everything from the cafe to the uh Ghirardelli uh, Chocolate Fountain, um, you know, Wine Country Tutoria. Grizzly Peak, of course, is going to have your uh, it's going to have your Redwood Creek Challenge Trail, your Soaring mm-hmm. Around the World, and your Riz- Grizzly River Run. Now, for me, the good area is I love Grizzly Peak. I think it's a cool area, and I think it's as opposed to the Epcot Soaring, where we have Soaring there in Epcot. It's in the Land Pavilion, which is kind of cool. Sword really just fits in this Grizzly Peak area. It's the mm-hmm. old airplane hangar. It's, you know, it's the first Sword, the old airplane hangar. Uh, and this summer, they did Sword over California, which I'm surprised they either haven't gone back to or made a permanent decision of, okay, over here is around the world and over there is California because California is so much better when it comes mm. to the, the, the film itself. Um, but I just love that whole area, that whole rustic area of the Grizzly Peak, um, and especially where Sword is. I think, that's, I think that's really good the way they've set it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. That that whole ropes course area, I mean, that was Jetta's PE. For we would go right. down there, and she would just spend four hours just running and playing, and like that's what she wanted to do. I mean, there's roller coasters and churros and all these different things, and she wanted to go there every single time. And it was like, oh, that's so cool, you know, like that this was even set up just for people to like sit and like let their kids get all their energy out from all the sugar that they've given them in the park you know <laughs> well and talk a little bit about that because i have not been to that challenge trail i know it's there but i don't know what is there so what exactly is that you said ropes course i mean talk a little bit about There's, that yeah it's like a two-story kind of ropes course i mean you're mm-hmm. not harnessed in it's like safe right um and 
I mean, you have to climb up. There's like these things where you have to walk across very carefully. It's, it's, it's huge and really well done. And then there's like a zip line, like a tire zip line. Oh, wow. There's a rock wall. Yeah. They really did a good job. I mean, kids will like time themselves trying Mm -hmm. to do the whole thing. And like, it's, it's cool. And it just fits like all these trees and you just feel like you're like, maybe you're camping and like you stumbled onto this thing. So it, it was Jetta's favorite part of California adventure. That is awesome. Yeah. Uh, Every parent is going, burning energy my kid will burn energy that is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually yeah. what i'm thinking of my my seven-year-old is going to absolutely love that when we go back to disneyland mm. i think he's he hasn't been in a couple of years so i think he's probably tall enough to do that stuff now i, I know he is but oh, yeah. he would absolutely love that for me the bad is going to be grizzly river run and it's not anything against the mm-hmm. ride itself i just hate those rides i do i hate those water mm-hmm. rides because i'm always afraid i'm going to be the guy that's going to get stuck under the waterfall and be the raft that gets stuck on the rock for like 20 seconds <sighs> of the water's just dumping on you the last, yeah. the last four times I've ridden Collie River Rapids, which is the version that version of Animal Kingdom here, and the last two times I've ridden that uh, Grizz, uh, the Grizzly River Run, I have not been soaked. I and I'm oh. due. I feel like God is now saying, "Okay, I've given you plenty of chances to not ride it's this ride. And you keep going on it. It is time." <laughs> the only time I ever do it is when I do challenges like trying to ride all the rides in one day or whatever. Um, it's the only time I ever do those rides, and I just I, I live in fear of that ride. I do. I'm like, I'm going to ride it, and mm. it's going to it's going to strike back against me and say, you know what? You you had your chance. I gave you six chances, and you come back. And so, yes, it's it's going to. You wake up at night in a cold sweat thinking about that ride. Yeah, I, pretty much. I mean, I just I covered myself in a poncho where like I was like looking at the armhole. I'm like, I don't want to get wet. I don't want to get soaked because there's nothing against getting wet. It's just I don't want to walk around wet all day. I really don't. And mm-hmm. it's just it's I'm like oh, that's miserable to me because um, I'll it's chafing and nobody wants to chafe when you're at Disneyland. That's awful. So. Mm-hmm. so what what about you anything that uh disney could probably improve on in those areas in there it's that ride and you know what's interesting is outside that ride they have like a heater station that you can dry off in but you have to pay for it yes of course you do uh, of course so i'm a little do. like well you know i would consider if this if these were just like free heaters and i, oh, I got kind of wet like i would consider it you know but it's you got to pay for this just to dry off and not chafe. So. Universal has that, and I've never been to Universal Hollywood, but I know Universal Orlando has those like basically you're like drying booths. You pay mm-hmm. like you know three dollars for five minutes, and they have these long lines, and people you just kind of walk in, you kind of move your arms up like you're going through airport security, and it just kind of blows. You know, and, and I'm just I keep imagining, and this is just me living with a special needs child and a wife who is very in tune to everything when it comes to him. I know that when you go to bathrooms and you have those automatic hand dryers and the reports have come out that there's fecal matter flying through the uh-huh. air or whatever. And I'm just thinking to myself, what is in that air flying through, blowing over your entire body mm-hmm. in those drying booths? No, thank you. I will walk around and chafe. I'm fine. Yep. <laughs> it's like churro sugar and shame pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's in there. <laughs> that's, a name, that's a good name for your new album, churro sugar and shame. That's a that is a that's a heartbreaking kind of that's a like a Lady Annabelle need you now kind of album. So if you ever decide to put one of those kind of horrible sad albums together, Churro Sugar and Shame. That is a that's a good tour. I'd go to Churro Sugar and Shame. I, I'd go to that. I'd go to okay. that. So. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> uh, magical in that area for me though is probably and I go back to Soren. I think Soren, especially Soren over mm-hmm. California, is such an incredible ride. It is so much fun. And mm-hmm. like it, I, I wrote it for the first time in 07 in Disney World, um, and I've ridden it. You know, it's was pretty much the same attraction, uh, film wise, uh, in California, and it's 
just so great. It really is. It's so peaceful. And the music is great. And you feel the wind, you smell the oranges and just, you know, it's, you got Patrick Warburton at the very front telling you, you know, what, well, all the, all the safety checks and nice work, pal. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, that ride is magical. It's not as magical as it could be because of course now they've got all over the world. And I don't remember if California did this, but I know Orlando has the problem where the film is not really suited for its screen. So the Eiffel tower mm-hmm. kind of bends over a little bit. Does California have that problem too? Yeah, everything kind of bends. You have to sit at the top and perfectly in the middle to have it not bend at all. So there's only, you know, a handful of seats where it doesn't bend. But yeah, yeah, it has that problem. Yeah, I I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I don't want my bendy Eiffel Tower. We we rode, uh, (laughs) last time I rode it, we made sure that we were, we positioned ourselves, we were in the middle in the very front section, which is really the only place to be because everything mm. was straight up and down. I was like, this is perfect. This yes. is what everything's supposed to look like, you know, because I've ridden in the corner on the side and even the castles are kind of like this. And it's just, yep. it's, it's just strange. The balloons, everything. Yeah, is, it's just yeah. weird. It's weird. You think Disney would fix that? Come on, get on that, Disney. So <laughs> walking around now, to, we'll go to Paradise Gardens Park, which, and we'll take this separately because I actually thought this was a part of Paradise Pier and it's not. It's the kids section. Silly Symphony, Swings, Goofy Sky School, the Jumping Jellyfish, the Golden Zephyr, the Little Mermaid, ride the world of color is all in that area there <clears throat> and corn dog castle as well and for me the good is going to be corn dog castle i love a good corn dog <laughs> and i know there's a corn dog red wagon around there somewhere which people tell me about but i love corn dog castle i i think i'm, I'm a castle fan and hmm. like i love a good corn dog and i every time i go to disneyland i make sure i eat there at least once because they're just really good they're big and thick and juicy and just you know sitting down in that pier especially with the with the wind coming off the water Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even on a hot day, you still get a little breeze on there on that water and just eat me a corn dog. Uh, last time I went, they had like a band playing, like a mariachi band playing on yep. the stage there. And it's just, it was, it was great. It was like, I'm taking 45 minutes. I'm resting my feet. I'm eating the corn dog, feeling the breeze, listening to the music. This is awesome. <laughs> this is great. Yep. Definitely. My favorite part is, is that music that they play. Mm-hmm. They're all different bands. It's usually mariachi, I feel like, like, but it's just so interesting and people just sit and celebrate and you can tell like people are on vacation and they're having a good time and that music just helps so much and it's not even just mariachi music is they're playing disney songs but they're playing like Mm -hmm. spanish and and hispanic versions of the disney songs because i think they played uh how far i'll go when last time i was there Mm -hmm. with that style of mariachi music and it was really cool i'm not one who digs in a whole lot of mariachi music but they had the trumpets going had the trombones and the and it sounded great it really did so it was yeah it was it was a pretty cool area um for me, that like I'm not a fan of Goofy Sky School. It reminds me of Primeval World and Animal Kingdom. It's just jerky and it spins and it's just. I mean, it's oh, it's okay. It's just one of those. It's one of those rides that has a long wait time that you don't know mm. why it has a long wait time. And I don't. I mean, I, I we ride it usually when I have my kid with because he loves those rides. But I'm just I could skip that. I really could skip that <laughs> for all. Which is the one? Is that the one that goes up and it has like the things that that circle around? No, that's the Golden Zephyr. That's the okay. big the big blimps. The Goofy Sky School is over in the corner. It's like the little small roller coaster where you have little seats oh, and it kind of yes. goes up and up and down a little hill, okay. big hill, whatever. And it does remind me of Primeval World Animal Kingdom. Um, it's just it's okay. I mean, it's not my favorite, mm. and it is one of those like I don't understand why the wait time. Last time I was there, the wait time was like fifty five minutes, and they're like, why? Why is the wait time so long for this? <laughs> it just it just is. I don't know. So. There's just not a lot of little little kid rides in California Adventure. That's yeah. what's tough. So I think all of them flock over there. Yeah. Yeah thinking that there's going to be more rides, but mine is definitely the golden Zephyr is always closed. I've never ridden it. 
Mm-hmm. Every time I've gone, I've wanted to ride that just because I haven't done it. And I'm like, right. oh. but if it sprinkles a little bit, like it, which it never does the, here. Oh, the wind picks up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's just shut down all the time. And we'll just wait around waiting for it to open to be the first in line. It's never open. Yeah. We, so. I've ridden it a couple of times. It's a cool little ride. It really is. And, and the wind is really nice on it because you do, I mean, you don't get real height on it or anything, but it swings hmm. enough that your, your blimp goes out far enough. You do get some wind there. It's, it's a fun ride. Um, same thing with, with uh, the jumping jellyfish, which is a little silly because all it is is you sit in the bench and it raises you up some and then down mm-hmm. and up again. <laughs> but it's fun because you get some great panoramics of the park, get some great pictures and everything. And so uh, mm-hmm. for me, for, in terms of magical, World of Color is included in this. Of course, a World of Color is completely magical. World mm-hmm. of Color is an amazing show there on the water at night. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just that full of color, full of lights, full of music. And it's, you know, don't sit too close because you will get soaked, but you know, you stand far enough back, get a fast pass for it in the fast pass area. And it's just, it's great. It's a great Mm. show. It is. I love that show. I have to say the little mermaid is my magical. (laughs) (laughs) It always has like a five minute wait and it is my favorite Disney movie. Mm -hmm. And I know you just sit in a clamshell and they go through and all these characters are singing at you and everything, but it's, it's like, and they skip huge pieces of the plot of in the story. <laughs> but I love that one for some reason. There's just something about it. It's like, it is Disney to me. The, like, the under the sea is. scene is pretty mm. spectacular because you yeah. do go through a large room. So you hear a big chunk of the song and it's, I mean, everybody knows under the sea and everybody can sing along. It's hard. It's almost impossible to not sing along to that song. Yep. And it's just so festive and happy or whatever. And then you go right from that into, into uh, Ursula's song. Um, uh, what's the name of the song that she sings it's, it's blanking me now um <laughs> poor unfortunate souls poor yeah, unfortunate. why did i not why did i think of, i kept thinking be prepared from scar and you go into that scene and ursula is this massive animatronic you're singing poor unfortunate souls and it's just it's cool like i really wish we had i think last time i rode that ride the ride kind of got stuck in front of ursula <laughs> which usually it zips through there pretty fast. Mm-hmm. So it actually got stuck for like two minutes. And so I heard the entire song like twice through it, which was amazing. Oh, and mm-hmm. it was just, you got I, like right there, she's right in front of me, she's singing and mm-hmm. you see the, the, the animatronic and just the song is great. And it was, a, it was it's almost like being stuck in front of the, uh, the singing bus in, in a haunted mansion. You get your own mm-hmm. private little concert. Yeah. Great. Love it. Love that. So, mm. So yeah, it's a good pick, and that of course leaves Pixar Pier, which mm-hmm. you know you've got the uh, the Incredicoaster, you've got the Critter Carousel, the Toy Story Mix uh, Midway Mania, the, um, the the Pixar Pal Around, which is the big wheel. You got some of the, the food and things like that. The Jack Jack's Cookie Nom Noms, which are really good, by the way. Um, good for you, the Pixar uh, Pixar Pier. What what you thinking? I wasn't sure at first about Incredicoaster because I mm-hmm. really loved it when it was screaming. Right. And I was like, what are they going to do? But if you ride that at night with all they've added to it, the lights and the sounds and everything, you do get a glimpse of that movie. And that's, that's what was so cool to me. Cause I wrote it before I saw, before I saw Incredibles 2 mm-hmm. and it was like, Oh, I kind of understand this movie. And it's just such a great roller coaster. And I love roller coasters. Like I'm obsessed with them. And that one right. is just like, it's got to be one of my favorites. Yeah, it's and they, a fun they made it better. They didn't just like change it. They made it better. So I love yeah, that one. That was hard for me when I heard they were changing it. I'm like, why change it? Because it was great as California Screaming. Mm-hmm. But you're right. I mean, I love the additions to it. And they really, they haven't changed the structure of the ride itself. Mm-hmm. But they changed the ride in terms of the design and the theming and the lights and the whatever. And it's just, you know, you take off on that very beginning and just go from there. And it's, it's a lot of fun. 
It really yeah. is a lot of fun. So, uh, and for me, I, I'm going to say the area as a whole, especially at night, because you mm-hmm. walk through and it kind of is reminiscent to Cars Land at night. We have the neon. You walk through and it's, it's set upon this because it used to be called Paradise Pier. So you're set upon this, this ocean wharf pier, basically, uh, where all the lights are going on. You have carnival games over here on the side. The music is playing. There's popcorn. There's churros. And I know in Florida, people like churros. In California, churros are a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I figured that out. <laughs> uh, people love their churros in California. And it's, it's just a great atmosphere. The whole area is a great atmosphere. And not every place in Disney is a great, just an incredible atmosphere, you know, depending on what's going on there. But the whole area at Pixar Pier is just a fun place to be. It really, really yeah. is. So anything you'd improve on, uh, maybe kind of the, the, the negative or the bad for Pixar Pier? I've only ridden that Ferris wheel thing once. Mm-hmm. And it was the, the one that moves backwards oh, and Oh, back and forth, right. And Jetta was about three. There are like no handles on the inside of that thing. And we're yep. sitting across from some people we didn't know and they didn't speak English. And we are literally just falling into each other. <laughs> my little three-year-old is just laughing. And I'm, I'm like, I have my fingers through the grates, like trying to hold on. My leg is up as like a mom seatbelt. And I... Like it was the most terrifying. It was probably like two minutes, but it felt like an hour. I was like, something is wrong. We're all going to die. And that's not the case, but you know, it, right. the, uh, handles or seatbelts would be awesome. Well, it's, that ride takes a while because you have to load and unload. So you're on that ride for probably a good 10 or 12 minutes. And you're it's swinging. Not just, yeah, you're swinging. And as it, it like the ride itself doesn't just go in big circles for minutes on end. It actually will go in a big circle once or twice maybe. And then it stops and then you swing back and forth. And then mm-hmm. when you think you're about to get off of it, suddenly you go past the loading dock and go back up again because it's loading. Other, and it's just, it's, uh, and for me, it concentrates on that. And this is so petty, but like <laughs> Mickey's Fun Wheel. That's a great name for a ride. Mickey's Fun Wheel. And now it's the <laughs> Pixar Pal Around, which is clunky to say. It's it clunky is. to hear. It's a clunky title. And even, I, and I get it, you're in Pixar and I understand that. And you know what? Change everything you want to change. Change all the designs and put the characters on the, on the cars. And that's great. Mickey's Fun Wheel. You can still call it Mickey's Fun Wheel because yeah. Mickey Mouse dominates everything over Marvel mm-hmm. and over Pixar and over Pixar, Star Wars, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mickey, come on. Pixar Pal Around is dumb. Mickey, Mickey's Fun Wheel, or that's all you need. Just call it that. You know? Yeah, I agree. I agree Ma- with you. <laughs> magical Pixar Pier. For, what, what is just magical for you? Oh, gosh. This, this might be what your good one was because mm-hmm. I, I love the entire atmosphere. I feel like people are just a little more lively and they're a little like more relaxed and just having a good time. And it just feels like a pier. Like if you have ever been to, you know, a pier in San Francisco or, you know, any of those where people are just eating, sitting on a bench and eating and just having a good time and it's warm and the lights are out and everything. That's what they really recreated that well. And so at night, that's like, that's where I want to be. I just want to be hanging out over Mm -hmm. there, you know, by the roller coasters, getting cookies and, you know, it just feels like a good time. It feels like a boardwalk, you know. Toy Story Mania, Midway Mania to me is magical at California Adventure. <laughs> it's it, it, in Hollywood Studios. It's great. I mean, you walk in and you, like the, the setting is basically you walk into Andy's room and suddenly you become a toy. So all the toys are big. Mm-hmm. And it picks up here. The setting is that you're on a you're on like a Midway. You're like in a carnival. And so, you know, half of it's outside and it's like, this is something you would see at a caramel atmosphere. Like you mentioned, like up here in San Francisco or even you know, in Jersey Shore or in, uh, uh, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for in New York city, the Coney Island, Coney Island in that area, you know, there's all these games and all these things you can do. And that's what, that's what it reminds me of. Mm. And it fits so well right there, which that is one of my two or three favorite rides in all of Disney world. Mm. All of Disney is Toy Story Midway Mania. And it's kind of the same ride there. Once you get on the ride there as it is over in Orlando, 
but just I love the setting and the theming and just the, mm-hmm. the outside exterior of of that. I, I think it, it fits so well there in a way that it, I don't know that it could in Hollywood Studios. It just really just clicks. Just yeah. Clicks. So overall, California Adventure, anything we missed, good, bad, magical in terms of things you love, things you'd like to see fixed, and things that are just like, this is magical. Hmm. You know, I, it actually took me a few times going to realize, I knew it was called California Adventure, mm-hmm. but it took me a few times to realize that they had based all these places on different places in California. It wasn't as like obvious to me. I was like, well, there were obviously pine trees here, so they just made this into this. And there was, you know, like, I just didn't think it through. And I, I kind of wish they would like hit that a little harder and really California theme this thing up. Like, just... You know, just so that people who are visiting from out of town are like, oh, this is like the Northern California section or whatever. Like it took me a few times of going to really process that. And I know kids probably aren't processing that, but I just thought, you know, they could really go for that and like really make it California, you know, throw a beach in there somewhere and like kind of go for it. But overall, like if I'm going without um, kids, if I'm just there with grownups, I tend to spend more time in California adventure. I just Mm -hmm. think it just feels better. There's like you know, there's obviously there's drinks and there's really interesting restaurants. And so it's, you know, it's one of my, it's become one of my favorite places, you know, I was right. skeptical at first, but it it's definitely become one of my, one of my favorites out of all the Disney parks. It's like, this one is like, you know, it's special. It's, right. There's something about it. that's like really grown on me, especially as an adult, like as a kid, I don't know that I would like it as much, but right. you know, yeah. I like it because it is, and this is, I think Magic Kingdom in Orlando does this really well because of the size and the space it has. Mm. Um, Magic Kingdom or, or Disneyland in California, I don't think can do this. California Adventure, I love the fact that it is very specifically themed each section. So mm. it's it, 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 like with, um, with Magic Kingdom, even in Orlando, as you walk from one section to the other, there is a blending as you're walking from, say, Frontierland to Liberty Square or, you know, Disney, Disneyland there. It's uh, Frontierland mm-hmm. or whatever to Adventure, Adventureland to you know, New Orleans Square, whatever, it's a sudden shift. With here, it's like there's spaces in the middle of almost transition spaces. Mm-hmm. There's not anything but maybe trees or kiosks or something where you're going from you're going from this movie or this area to the cars land. And then you gotta walk through a like a down, down a street where there are a bunch of trees and stuff before you get to the wharf. And then you have to walk over a bridge before you get to Pixar Pier. So it's like every section is segregated. And I love that because there is no there is a mixture of themes. You are walking from mm. I'm in, in Grizzly Grizzly River Run or Grizzly Peak, and now I'm over here in the Garden Spark, and now I'm in Pixar Pier. And it's I love the fact that it's so segregated. Mm. Maybe it's because there's space there, and you know, Adventures uh, yeah. the Avengers Campus I think will be the same way. You'll walk through something, and and Hollywood Studios did this a little bit with Star Wars. You walk through like a like an archway or whatever, and then you're in Batu, you're in Galaxy's Edge. Um, but most of the parks don't do that. There's not a specific like you're now in this area blending. kind of thing. Blending. And Cal- yeah. like they've done that with Toy Story Land and with, with Star Wars in Hollywood. But California Adventure has done that with all sections of the park. And I just I, I think that's really cool hmm. how they've done that. So I wonder if that's gonna be a thing that they keep doing. They I would see more. I could see that. I could see that as they build more build specific sections. And I would get to the Avengers campus. It will be something where you have to walk through a gate or something like that to to get to that. I'm like and looking at a map you do have to go through kind of a quote unquote dead area, dead space, even if it's only 50 yards to get to Mission Breakout. Mm. So I think there will be that section of just, okay, I'm, I'm making, I'm transitioning from one land, walking through a dead area into another land. And so I can see yeah. that. So uh, Katrina, this has been wonderful. 
this has been fantastic. Awesome. I love talking Disney with people who love Disney. This is great. <laughs> so people who, who want to go buy your, buy your stuff and want to know where to find you, where can they find you on, on, the, on the interwebs? Well, if you want to listen to the music um, on Spotify or Apple Music, I'm under Katrina Stone. Mm -hmm. Or for my newest record that's more gospel roots, it's, it's under Katrina May Stone. M-A-E, May Stone. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> yep. And you can also find me at katrinastonemusic.com. And I'm on Instagram as Katrina May Stone because Katrina Stone was taken. Right. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who she is. I'm still working on it. That's all right. Um, yeah, but you can kind of, you can listen on any streaming service you can buy. You can pretty much find me anywhere. If you just Google me, you can find my music pretty much. So what's the, what's the one song on the new album that just, you just took to heart. You're like, I just, I love this song. I love singing this song. I want everybody to hear this one. I know all the whole record, but like this one song in particular, just love it. From Psalms of the Outcast Saints. Yeah. Yep. The title track, Psalms of the Outcast Saints. It's not it. even a full song, but it's, it's the very first song on the record. Okay. And uh, just a little kind of tidbit here about it is mm -hmm. the first voice you actually hear is Benjamin's. Mm -hmm. His voice is the backing track. The second thing that you hear is actually his cat. We recorded <laughs> her and we auto-tuned her. Right. And uh, we put some reverb on there and it sounds like this beautiful angel. It's his cat. We call her the intern. Uh um, my so guess is <laughs> with pop music today, that cat probably sounds auto tune probably sounds just as good as some of the stuff you hear on the radio now. So, oh, yeah, 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 You're I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, Katrina loved having you on. It's been wonderful talking to you. Oh, it's been wonderful well, seeing you. you. I can't wait to see you again. Can't wait to hear you hear the music and uh, get to see you, of course, next May if you come to the thing conference again. Um, yes. hopefully, you guys will be there and uh, look forward to it. Thank you, Katrina. Great. Well, thank you so much. If you listen to that interview and you listen to me ask questions and talk to Katrina and you think to yourself, man, he sounds like he's fanboying, that's because I was. That's exactly what I was doing that entire interview, and I make no qualms about it. I'm a big fan. I really, really am, and I was delighted to have her on the show. And uh, maybe we'll get Benj on the show as well one day. I don't really know his Disney uh, preferences, but uh, I think he'd be fun to talk to as well. Or maybe get him on the Deucecast Movie Show, which is my other movie podcast. Hello. Uh, episode number 400. 400 drops next Wednesday, and I would love for you guys to listen to the show. And if it's if it's a show you've been wondering about, you hear me talking about it, you're not, you're thinking, I don't know if I want to listen to a movie podcast. That's a good episode to download to kind of see what you think and uh, hear us talk about movies. It is a family-friendly show. It's not necessarily all about families and stuff, but it's a family-friendly show, so you can listen to it with your kids in the car. And we have lots of guests that come on as well. And we might get Katrina on that show too. Who knows? Uh, my name is David Dollar, and that, of course, was Katrina Maystone from the likes of us and also her solo career as well. And, and uh, she's the voice you hear at the end of the, of the podcast every week, inviting you to come on to, online, on Facebook, and so on. Um, she did that little bit for me as well because she's just delightful. And one more little nugget here. I will throw on 60 or 90 seconds of one of her songs at the very end of the show, at the very end. So don't turn it off when you hear the ending music. Uh, we're going to play that to kind of give you a feel for what she sounds like, what her music sounds like, and you know, listen to her album. I have listened to her album and since we interviewed, and it is wonderful. It's a great, great gospel album, and uh, I recommend it. You'll find it on MagicalNetDollar.com. You can click on the podcast tab, and the show notes will be there, and links to her stuff will be there, as well as Binge and the likes of us, because I want everybody to succeed, and I want as many people as possible to go find them and listen to their music, because if you listen to their music and you download their stuff, they get paid, and I want everybody to get paid. So find me, MagicalNetDollar.com. Of course, you can also email me, MagicalNetDollar at gmail.com. This podcast, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and Spotify, as well as the direct link on the website, magicalnetdollar.com. Click on the podcast tab, 
lots of ways you can listen to me. You have no excuse to not hear my nasally voice unless you just don't like my nasally voice. But if you can handle it, I'd love for you to go to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review. Can you still do that? I know iTunes kind of quietly is going away. I don't know if you still can. I'm hoping you can. And if you can, I would love it. So uh, go check out, uh, go check that out there. Share the show. Tell other people about the show. That is how the show grows. And I thank you so, so much for listening. You guys are awesome. You guys are fantastic. And I will see you back here next week, next Thursday-ish, Friday-ish. Maybe we'll have another guest on. Maybe we won't. But you know that we will talk Disney and have a good time. Have a great week. And don't forget, hey, thank a Phoenician. Thanks for listening. Continue the conversation by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Magic on a Dollar, Facebook at Disney on a Dollar, and of course, magiconadollar.com. See you real soon. Go back there, child. 
Oh, that old path is looking familiar.